what's going on? This is a special edition, the Saturday, very first Saturday edition of Ask Jahan. Now, this is a much more relaxed than our normal show. I have no guests today. I'll be answering all questions that have come in using the hashtag Ask Jahan with a three instead of an E. This is the Justin Henry Show, mailbag edition. You're watching the Justin Henry Show on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Make sure you follow on all social media platforms. What is up, Justin Henry Show? And yes, I'm taking questions every week. Now, you can get these questions answered on Ask Jahan Mailbag Edition. Use a three instead of an E, Ask Jahan. And yes, I'll answer every single question that comes through on this platform for as long as it takes. If I get a million questions, I'm staying on here for two hours. I'm going to try to answer as many questions as I can to help you win your fantasy league, whether it's start sit advice, trade advice, rating your teams, DFS lineups, betting questions, whatever comes in, I'm going to answer it. And so I got a few questions already. I get a lot of questions on my social media platforms, whether it's on TikTok in the comments, uh, whether it's on Twitter in the DMs, Instagram on in the DMs. So uh, even on Discord, I get a lot of people that ask me individual questions. And it's tough. I'd rather give you guys more detailed answers than just quick answers. So here's a platform for me to do it. And I have a few questions that came in this week on the live chats too. So I go and check that. I want to make sure I can answer all your guys' questions. It's important for me to do that. I'm not going to charge you for it. It's just it, sometimes it takes me a minute, man. I got this other show I'm running. I don't want to interrupt the guests while we're there. So let's get to it, man. Ask Jahan. You know what it is. Here it goes. So the first question that came in is, I'm in a keeper league from V6 lean. I'm in a, in a keeper league. Would you rather keep Jalen Hurts at round eight or Hollywood Brown at round 10? Now, this depends because in a super flex league, I'm automatically saying Jalen Hurts. Like, no questions asked. Um, and I'm not big on Hollywood Brown either, but 12 round 12 is a steal for a starting wide receiver who's going to be able to produce. I have him as a top 30 wide receiver. I think he'll finish as that too. Even after the first six weeks after after DeAndre Hopkins gets back, he's still going to be relevant. So I would take Hollywood Brown in this situation. Jalen Hurts, now he's going to be a fine quarterback. He'll be top 10, uh, potentially a top five option for your fantasy team, and he'll get hot. But I also think you'll be able to get him in your draft, whereas Hollywood Brown is not going to last until round 12. And that's always when I see keeper values, it's always how I do it. I look at the value and I look at, who am I able to maximize at their draft position? Jalen Hurts has the ability for you to get him at round seven, round eight, depending on your league. And there's more than 12 starting quarterbacks available. Hollywood Brown, is there's no chance in hell he's making it to round 12. And I do think he'll outperform that value. So I would keep Hollywood Brown in a keeper league at this value. I get it. And if you think Jalen Hurts can finish as a QB1, there's probably more value even there. But I'm going with Hollywood Brown at round 12. I think it's tremendous value there. Don't get it twisted. Like Hollywood Brown for the first six weeks is probably going to be a high-end wide receiver too. Jalen Hurts, we know what he is. He's going to be a mid-tier to upper echelon QB1. And there's not a lot more that he can do to elevate his stock. Now, Hollywood, Hollywood Brown can. And say we get to week six and you don't feel like he's going to do anything with D-Hop, trade him. Trade him. There's somebody else in your league who believes in Hollywood Brown more than you do. I promise you that, especially if you're asking if you should keep him. 
But the main thing I look for in keepers is value. Who, for sure, if they blew up, would you never be able to get that value again? Because keeper leagues typically keep year to year. So unless it's a one-season keeper league where you can only keep them at that value for a year, I would lock in Hollywood Brown. I think he has a, a very good chance at outproducing that for the next two or three seasons. Very good question. Next up from Sebastian. Shout out to Sebastian. Full PPR. Javante Williams and Amaron St. Brown for Keenan Allen and Devin Singletary. Who wins this trade? Now, normally, my thing is whoever gets the best player typically wins. Javante is the best player in this deal. Running back, I think Keenan Allen, even in PPR leagues, Keenan Allen's going to be stout, but Javante is still going to have a role. He's going to be dynamic, and he's the better value. So for me, you're getting Javante over Keenan for the value. You're getting Almond Ross St. Brown over Devin Singletary for the value. It's a clear win for Javante and Almond Ross St. Brown. Now I get it. Keenan Allen is not as far off as everybody thinks. Everybody thinks he's going to have this downturn. He's going to have this bad season. He's 30 years old. He can't keep it up. I'm here to tell you that's not true. Keenan Allen will hold value. Like he has the ability to hold value and be strong PPR asset. 100 catches, 1,000 yards, six touchdowns. We know what his floor is and there's potential for more. So don't let that scare you. Okay? Amon Ross St. Brown is a lot of hype. He'll be good. He may not be as good as the hype, but he's going to be a solid player for your fantasy team. Now, Javante Williams is a starting running back. Devin Singletary is on his way out of Buffalo. He could have a decent year, but nowhere near Javante. I think you take this deal. Javante Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't think it's really close at all. That's the side that wins. Millie Mills came on. He said, what's up, fellas? Obviously, we're in the middle of a podcast. If you catch us in the middle of a podcast, if I have a guest on, there's a high probability that I'm probably in the middle of a conversation, won't be able to take your question directly. You can still ask you in the chat. I'll check the chat and try to get back to him using the hashtag AskJHen with a three instead of an E on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Ask the question on, on the hashtag. I will check the hashtag. And 1,000%, like I'm doing with this question, 1,000% will answer the question. So Millie Mills said, what's up, fellas? I took Julio, Brand, uh, Julio Jones in the 11th, in the 11th round. Is that a reach or no? Now, Julio Jones is going outside of the top 150 players, like every single draft I've been in. And the 11th round, if you're in a 10-team league, is about pick 110. If you're in a 12-team league, that's closer to pick 140, pick 150. So it depends. In a 10-team league or an 18-team league, that might be a little bit too high. In a 12-team league now, that is a very strong position to take Julio Jones, and I think it's a good value. Julio Jones is going to take on some of those targets that Rob Gronkowski had, that Antonio Brown had. He's going to have value. I'm not saying he's going to be either one of those guys. But there's a lot of room for targets, and Russell Gage can't take them all. If Chris Godwin is anywhere near banged up as they're making it seem, he might be slow to start the season, Julio's going to play a role. Tom Brady has talked about how he loves Julio Jones, and he's called him, quote-unquote, when you have an elite receiver, you got to get him the ball. We've seen him being used in the red zone. We've seen him being used all over the place in training camp. I think there's a lot more to this Julio Jones thing than people think. He was productive in Tennessee. He had a role. There were some games where we saw the old flashes, and it's not like just two years removed from Atlanta. He's just trash. 
So Julio Jones, to me, 11th round, I think we can see a little bit of a resurgence like we did with Antonio Brown his first year in Tampa. There was a lot of people that called Antonio Brown washed up. He was going in the same round, outside the top 100, probably closer to the top 150. And guess what? He outperformed that value and turned instantly into a wide receiver three. Now, where Julio Jones isn't Antonio Brown, receptions, yardage. He's going to be a little bit more inconsistent. Where he's way better than Antonio Brown is going to be the red zone. And this team desperately needs another red zone threat outside of Mike Evans. Uh, Chris Godwin will be there, but they need Julio Brown to replace that Rob Gronkowski uh, efficiency in the red zone. So will Julio Jones be the savior for your team? I doubt it. But at pick in the 11th round, you've already got all your starters. You're probably working on depth. If you've got a few flex options, he could potentially be a starter for you at some times. You may need to rely on him. That is good value. I think if you don't have another three receivers, four receivers ahead of him, there's probably better options. So don't go reaching on Julio Jones, but know that there's potential for him to significantly, like I'm talking significantly, outplay his ADP, which is like, in the 150 to 175 range, which is crazy for a future Hall of Famer. It's crazy. And Julio Jones, he's not going to be 1,500 yards. He's not going to be 15 touchdowns. But what he could be is like 800, 800 yards to 1,000 yards. He could be six to eight touchdowns. And guess what? Those numbers, those numbers are wide receiver three numbers, whether you want to believe it or not. Those are back-end wide receiver three numbers, maybe high-end wide receiver four at minimum. Either scenario, that's way better than than round 11 where you're getting them. So, Millie Mills, very good question. Julio on the 11th. I like the value there, bro. Next up, got Harry Wolf. Harry Wolf, huh? Wolves are hairy. So, Harry Wolf is kind of a redundant term, isn't it? But Harry Wolf, I'm going to answer your question, man. He said, I got the third pick in a 10-man PPR league with two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, and one flex. Who do you think I should take? Now, typically when I look at these type of questions, it's always best player available. Who do you have on your list that's in that spot? I don't like reaching for players just because I'm scared somebody's going to take them. I also don't like, you know, just taking players just for the namesake. It's your list. Now, this really depends on who you have. You're looking at Cooper Cup. You're looking at Justin Jefferson in a PPR league. You're looking at Christian McCaffrey. You're looking at Jonathan Taylor. So you also have to know yourself. Are you going to take more wide receivers later? Are you going to take more running backs later? Are you risky? Can you take on as Christian McCaffrey? Are you going to trade him to the league mate who's going to win it all? Do you need a safety net in Jonathan Taylor? Or are you going to find some dead zone RBs that you really like so you want to grab Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup? This 1,000% on your playing style. And I haven't talked enough about this. Playing style matters. Like if I was a, a stock trader, it's tough for me to be all in on ETFs. It is. They're very safe. They pay a dividend. You got to wait 30 years. I'm going to try to find a stock with a little bit more risk, slightly more downside, and I'm not going to be mad if it doesn't turn out the way I want to. So you have to decide if Christian McCaffrey staring at you at pick three and Jonathan Taylor staring at you at pick three or Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup, are you going to be mad at yourself because you didn't pick somebody else? So that's what I always refer back to, especially in a, in a league like this. It's 10-man, so it's, there's going to be deep positions. You start two wide receivers, two running backs, and a flex. 
I'd probably lean running back because you can only start three receivers in your league maximum. So I probably would lean running back, get some receivers later. Wide receivers pretty deep, but it all depends on you and your risk tolerance. If something goes wrong, do you know how to maneuver, pick up players, trade? Like I do, so I take on risk. If you're going to stick with your players all year, you might want a safer floor. So like a Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, maybe in your wheelhouse there. Next question we got is Ryan Cummings. He says, do you think I should trade J.K. Dobbins, T. Higgins, and Hollywood Brown for Debo Samuel and Akers? Debo Samuel and Akers. 10-man PBR league. Dobbins, Higgins, and Hollywood for Debo and Akers. Now, this is tough because you're getting the best player in Debo Samuel, which I talked about earlier. I always love getting the best player. Right? you got to get the best player. And like, I feel like if you could trade depth for studs in fantasy football, you want to acquire as many studs as possible. You can find depth. You can find guys off of waivers. There will always be talent in the NFL pool. In the fantasy football pool, there's always talent. So acquire studs when you can. Now, this might be a little bit too much, though. When you're talking Debo and, and, and Higgins, right, there's not too much differentiating those two. Like, Debo Samuel's an elite talent. T. Higgins has next. He's going to be an elite talent at the wide receiver position. I haven't ranked in my top 12 when it comes to PPR leagues like this is. But in 10-man leagues, you want you don't need the depth the same way. So it obviously depends on how many players you start, but you don't need depth as desperately in 10-man leagues you can find talent. Where I have trouble with this deal is Cam Akers basically for J.K. Dobbins and Hollywood Brown. And I get it. If you can't start all these guys, sometimes it's good to consolidate. But J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers are damn near even to me. Even if you got Akers rated over J.K. Dobbins, they're similar value, which means you're basically giving away Hollywood Brown for free to get Debo Samuel over T. Higgins. And while I'm not mad at it, if you truly believe in Debo Samuel and Cam Akers, I do feel like you can go get more talent. Me personally, I would try to counter this deal. I would either try to upgrade Akers or see if they had a better receiver than Debo Samuel and upgrade Debo Samuel if you're going to give up this much talent. The worst case scenario I would do is take Hollywood Brown out the deal and offer somebody of lesser talent or maybe take J.K. Dobbins out the deal, offer somebody of lesser talent. But I do think you're giving up a little bit too much in this deal. That's not something I would do because that's a lot of assets. Hollywood Brown, Higgins, Dobbins, especially with Hollywood Brown for the first six weeks, he could outperform his ADP for those first six weeks, and then you offer this deal, and you can get a lot more. So don't rush this pick. Don't worry about J.K. Dobbins, who is been has been a little slow. He might be out for the first couple weeks. But they've been saying the same thing about Cam Akers. So the same concerns you have about J.K. Dobbins, you should have about Cam Akers. So I am out on this deal. I like T. Higgins a lot, uh, probably more than a lot of people do. But I'm not making this deal. Another question came in. Trey, what's good, Trey? Uh, full PPR redraft, Melvin Gordon or Cordero Patterson? Now, when I look at this deal, right, it, it depends on your league too. Is Cordell Patterson eligible for running back? Is he only wide receiver? In PPR, I think I would take Cordell Patterson over Melvin Gordon because there's a, a quicker path to touches. Melvin Gordon is not going anywhere. As much as they want to say it's Javante Williams' team now uh, for the Broncos, Melvin Gordon is still going to have a role. And if any point, if Javante Williams goes down, Melvin Gordon instantly thrusts into the top 12 running backs, especially with Russ there at the helm, Russell Wilson. 
I like Melvin Gordon this year, and I think he's going to have a good year, but he is a backup. He's somebody you want to have on reserve. He's not going to carry a lot of flex appeal. So you're waiting for something to happen in Denver before he has true value. Now, with Cordero Patterson, he's not going to have the sky-high upside in games that he had in the beginning of the second, uh, the beginning of the season last year. He's not going to be a top 10 running back, which for the uh, good part of the first half of the year, he was in the top five when it comes to running backs. Cordero Patterson is going to be good, but make no mistake about it, that team revolves around Kyle Pitts, and it revolves around Drake London. Cordell Patterson will be the third piece. I do think he will find creative ways to be involved in this offense and have more standalone value than early on. So one of these guys is probably going to be your starter, Melvin Gordon or Cordell Patterson. You're having to get them at the back end of the top 100. If they are starting for you, Cordell Patterson is your guy. If you need him at flex, go Cordell Patterson. If you have a little bit of patience or your team is super, super deep, I don't mind getting Melvin Gordon for the upside. Cordero Patterson doesn't have much upside. He's going to be the third, the second wide receiver on the team, third in the passing game. He's going to be minimally involved in the, off, in the run game. They're going to have other running backs that take over. So for me, if you're looking at these two options, I definitely lean Cordero Patterson. If you need him to start and be a factor on your team, like, this doesn't say how many teams. If it's a 12-team league, I'm going Cordero all day. If it's a shorter league, if it's less, I'm taking Melvin Gordon just in case something happens with Javante. I don't wish nothing on nobody. But I'm taking him just in case something happens with Javante Williams. So very good question. Uh, that's a tougher one, man, especially in redraft. And then the last question I got here before I move on, you see the championship chain in the back. It's from Trophy Smack. You can get one for your league. Use the code GODS, G-A-W-D-S, on trophysmack.com and get yourself a free championship ring with any purchase uh, or use our code, man, to get a slight discount. So I love it. I love it. I love it. And we also got, I got to make sure to plug my brands too, man. Prize picks, baby. You're going daily. If you're going, you know, player props, make sure you go prize picks. Use the code JHAN. Get 100% on your match up to 100 bucks. And also pick it. Pick it app. You can use the pick it app. Get three or hundred dollars just for signing up. It's free. Link your sports book. Use the code JHAN. Get you some free, some free money, guys. Free money. The last question I got is a little bit more detailed. So I wanted to wait on this one. And uh, this is this is DFS related. So question came in on Twitter. And this is an interesting question. It came in from my guy, Eric Romoff. Shout out to at Fantasy Nav. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Put on a great tournament, Pros with Joes. He was on the show earlier this week. Go check it out if you haven't. Pros with Joes. Uh, it was a charity league tournament. And, yes, he put it on. He was on the show uh, with me a couple days ago. But favorite plays under $5,000 for DFS this weekend. Now, I use FanDuel Sportsbook. So I'm going to talk a little bit about FanDuel uh, Obviously, I'm partnered with FanDuel. Shout out to the FanDuel homies. But I'm going to talk about different positions. I'm going to avoid quarterback. Not really looking quarterback right here. I think this is more of a wide receiver, running back, tight end type of question. And so for the running backs, there's a couple guys I'm looking at, but they're reaches. They're reaches. I didn't really like anybody under 5,000. Eno Benjamin kind of stuck out to me as potentially a Chase Edmonds replacement. James Conner is going to be heavily involved, but we don't know what kind of work level Eno Benjamin's going to get. And I think this team's going to preserve James Conner. A lot of backup running backs get involved a little bit more early on in the season. Just to until the first couple games get going, you got to give everybody reps to keep them fresh. 
keep him going. You don't want to avoid injuries. You know, Benjamin kind of sticks out as a guy that can get four or five catches for your team, potentially steal a touchdown here or there. If something happens with James Conner or he gets tired. Kyler Murray's running the red zone. There's no D-hop this week. He's just another option to me. I don't feel really good about that play, but at $4,900 versus KC, they're going to need some weapons to score. So I did like that play. Next up against Arizona on the other side is Isaiah Pacheco. He's sitting at 4,500. And now we've heard talks about him being more involved in the offense. I think he's going to have some kind of factor. Now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the guy. He's a starter. But if you're looking for deep league plays, they've been trying to find creative ways to get Isaiah Pacheco involved in the offense. I'm not a firm believer that he's going to have a huge role throughout the season. But for this DFS moment, I think that they're going to have some plays to see what he's all about. Him, Sky Moore, Mike Miko Hardman, Juju's coming off of an injury. There's, there's going to be opportunities for these guys. And at 4,500 against the Arizona Cardinals team, which should project as a high-scoring matchup, Isaiah Pacheco, to me, has some appeal. So for 4,500, I think I'd be in on that. Let's go. And the last one I'm looking at is at 4,500 for the, for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, this isn't Zamir White. This is Amir Abdullah, who they have talked about having the James White role. And coming out the gate, playing in L.A. against the Chargers, against that pass rush, they're going to have some options. Derek Carr is going to need to check off. Now, Josh Jacobs has been the man for this team. Like He's been the man for this team. But they brought in Josh McDaniels. And with Josh McDaniels, there's running back by committee. There's more people involved. And each running back has a role. So Josh Jacobs is probably more of the short yardage, red zone guy. Amir Abdullah is taking on a lot of this passing game work. And I'm not saying he's going to go change the trajectory of any fantasy teams. But in DFS, if he had three to four catches with some carries on the ground, potential work in the red zone, that's not that's a solid player, especially in PPR, DraftKings formats, and FanDuel tor- uh, half-point PPR. There's still some relevancy there. So 4,500. Deep and dig, deep and dig, uh, deep into that bag. Amir Abdullah got a little bit of appeal for me. So that does it for the running backs. I gave you three there. With wide receivers, I'll give you four. I'll give you four, right? And let me show this question just so people know what I'm talking about. Four favorite plays under five thousand. Now I'm gonna cheat a little bit. These guys are right at five thousand. I got two players right at five thousand. The first one is Romeo Dubs against Minnesota. High scoring matchup for sure. Will be a high scoring matchup, and we need to see Alan Lazard take over as this wide receiver one. There's been a lot of talk about Romeo Dubs having a role in this team, and this team doesn't have a clear number two. So if it turns out Twitter was right, the media was right, and Romeo Dubs has a more important role than just a low end wide receiver, uh, rookie wide receiver coming in the gate. And he actually has the trust of Aaron Rodgers is going to make some plays like he did in the preseason, then fire him up. 5,000. 5,000 is not that much for Romeo Dubs. And in an offense where we don't have a clear defined wide receiver one, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to go with the hot hand. Uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to be fine, of course. Um, but Alan Lazard or Romeo Dubs remains to be seen. Give me the value of $5,000 against a, a Minnesota team, like I said, projected for fireworks. Chris Olave against the Falcons as well. Michael Thomas is expected to be back week one. And when I look at Chris Olave against the Falcons team who's subjected to giving up a lot of points to wide receivers, Chris Olave stands out as somebody who's probably going to have a big play this week. At $5,000, I'm in on Chris Olave. I think James probably leans on him more than Michael Thomas because they've had an offseason to connect. Now, there's going to be Michael Thomas getting his, his feet back in the gang and, you know what I'm saying, like kind of working his way back into shape. Being on the field week one. I know that's going to happen. 
But Chris Olave is going to have an impact week one. I will put that, I will book it. Jarvis Landry will, but Chris Olave is going to be that dude for the, for the, for the Saints. 5,000 is a steal. I think he's going to outperform that significantly. So Chris Olave is probably my favorite play on the board this week. Another wide receiver, rookie that is, and you'll see a trend with these rookie wide receivers being undra- uh, undervalued. Johan Dotson, sitting at 4,900. Now, I know Terry McLaurin's there, and Carson Wentz isn't going to be a whole big a big factor this week. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But against this Jacksonville team, there's some opportunity. I don't think this is going to be a, a high-scoring affair, but I do think Johan Dotson's going to have more of a role than we're even giving him credit for. Carson Wentz is going to find whoever's open. He's not a guy that just locks in on one target and makes this you know, wide receiver one out of nowhere. I think he spreads the ball, plays the game, makes plays or lack of plays sometimes. But Johan Dotson's going to have, as I think he'll have a good value here at 4,900. I'm not putting the bank on him, and I wouldn't put him on all lineups, but in tournament lineups, he could be using the red zone. He's a, he has a big frame. I'm not scared to take Dotson and just hope for the best. Like, he might flame out for you, but in tournament lineups, I think he's good value sitting at 4,900. And then the last play I'm going to go with, Sky Moore at 4,600. And a lot of things that I echoed, that I said about Isaiah Pacheco will echo now. Uh, Just good value, and I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity on this KC team. At 4,600, I love getting him there because I know they're going to get him a couple of design touches. We know Sky Moore is going to see the ball in a couple spots. Now, what he does with them, they're very high upside play, very low floor. So this is more of a tournament-type play. But Sky Moore sitting at 4,600, I love the value there. And then lastly, I'm going to go with three tight ends. The first one is Daniel Bellinger. Very tough matchup. As a rookie, very tough matchup. And we don't see rookie tight ends having an impact very much. But at $4,100 against Tennessee, this Giants offense needing Somebody to step up, whether it's Kadarius Tony, it's not Kenny Galladay with the way he's running. Daniel Bellinger is is Bellinger is kind of sticking out to me right now. So 4,100, it's really deep value. If you got a flex play, I'm not saying he's going to go off or anything, but I could see him having three, four catches, potentially a touchdown in this matchup. The next play I'm going to go with is Cole Komet versus the Niners. It's a very tough matchup. The Niners typically play the tight ends well. Uh, they were 13th in the league last year, but they'll play better than that this season. And at $5,000, Cole Komet is going to be the number two receiver for Justin Fields. He's going to be a number two receiver for Justin Fields. If he catches a touchdown, this, he smashes that $5,000 valuation. So Cole Komet should probably see somewhere between the six to eight targets in that game. Justin Fields is going to be running a little bit, relying on those mid-tier throws. Give me Cole Komet at the value, $5,000 versus the Niners. And in the last, I like this is my favorite play for tight ends, David Njoku. Uh, Jacoby Brissett loves his tight end. They're going to Carolina, too, who was eighth in the league last year against the tight end. Uh, David Njoku is going to have a very big game. I can see them getting him involved uh, somewhere in the three to five catch range and potentially a score. Jacoby Brissett, it, he's always leaned on his tight ends. And I think this might be the lowest you get David Njoku at all season long. Now, he's, he's going to play this, outperform this by a margin, I think. With Amari uh, Cooper is the only real solid wide receiver on his team. Don Peoples-Jones still improving. David Bell still a rookie. Uh, there's a couple other guys on this team that just haven't proven it yet. They're looking for receiving options. And right now, David Njoku is the guy. He just got the big contract. So I think they're gonna, they are going to you have to lean on him. To me, I love this play. Sitting at $5,000 against a tough Carolina defense, it still seems like he should outplay this and give you good value and potentially have a couple touchdowns there in that game. So 
Let me know your guys' thoughts in the comments. If you agree, disagree, if you got any other plays under 5,000 on FanDuel, let me know. But those are the questions I have for today's Ask Jayhen. Remember, ask during the week. It's fine. I got to get to him on my mailbag show. Ask me directly on Twitter is the best way using the code hashtag Ask Jayhen with a three instead of an E, just like it says in my name right there. I'll answer as many questions as I can on this show. All of them, if possible, I will rate teams trade advice whatever it is you name it ask if you're one and three throughout the season and you need help i'll help you find waivers find trade possibilities you name it i got you rock with me baby it's justin henry with a three instead of an e you've been tuning into the justin henry show mailbag edition and i'll catch you guys i will be off sunday and monday monday's the holiday i'm gonna spend that with my family but tuesday we get going and i got a lot more in store for you next week on tuesday peace out